Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Penny C., and I am recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 41, the first paragraph that begins with, I went to my hotel. Today's readers are the steps will be read read by Nina R., the 12 Traditions, Anna S., the readers of the text are Lisa H., Karen K., and Lynn S., and Tanya G. will be welcoming our newcomers, and Sandy W. will be the host of our second hour. The reference numbers for yesterday, which was Tuesday, March 2nd, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 16,500, 16500. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 16,501, 16501. The OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. As OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm now going to ask Nina Ah to please read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Penny. This is Nina R. from New York City, recovering anorexic and bulimic. Thanks so much for your service. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over foods that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, may direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admit this. Step 11, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Step 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Nina. Uh, and next, we're going to hear the 12 traditions read by Anna S. Good morning, Anna. Good morning. This is Anna S. from New York, the 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the excuse me, compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group would never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. OA, nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, and other forms of media. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Anna S. And this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirements for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly related to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Then once you are done sharing, then excuse me, let's start again with that. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 41, the first paragraph that begins with, I went to my hotel. And I'm going to ask Lisa H. to begin the reading for us. Lisa? Thank you, Penny. Good morning. 
I went to my hotel and leisurely dressed for dinner. As I crossed the threshold of the dining room, the thought came to mind that it would be nice to have a couple of cocktails with dinner. That was all, nothing more. I ordered a cocktail and my meal. Then I ordered another cocktail. After dinner, I decided to take a walk. When I returned to the hotel, it struck me a highball would be fine before going to bed, so I stopped into the bar and had one. I remember having several more that night and plenty next morning. I have a shadowy recollection of being in an airplane bound for New York and of finding a friendly taxi cab driver at the landing field instead of my wife. The driver escorted me about for several days. I know little of where I went or what I said and did. Then came the hospital with the unbearable mental and physical suffering. Good morning, my friends. This is Lisa H. Um, gratefully recovered in Tennessee. And, you know, we hear about when the, when the words are printed in italics, right, to really pay attention to those words because that was an expense. Um, that they took to, to, to really make this stand out. And what this brings to mind for me um, when I was in my disease is walking into a restaurant or going on vacation or going to book club that, that, that it reminds me of the mental twist, right? I mean, it sounds like that the allergy has already been triggered and here comes the mental twist. And so for me, that mental twist was, not paying attention to anyone who was there, looking at the dessert menu before I even looked at the regular menu, looking at the dessert table before I um, got my food. Um, you know, I was on holiday, so therefore that meant I could eat whatever I want um, with no, uh, no consequence. Um, and, and over and over again, I mean, I would um, trigger the allergy and the mental obsession would take over. And then at the very end of the paragraph, it says the unbearable mental and physical suffering. Um, and I would be so consumed with what I was going to eat or what I was not going to eat, how much I was going to exercise or when I was going to exercise or where I was going to get this binge food and how I was going to hide it from everybody else. So they wouldn't know, well, you know, my family was my family was not stupid because it would, it showed on the outside of my body, right. When I binged, even though I did it in secret, um, you know, and so I think that, so then, I, you know, fast forward, um, I had to find um, someone in whom the problem had been solved. Someone who um, had dealt with this physical allergy, who had dealt with this mental obsession because the mental obsession was killing me. Um, and when I found that person, um, they were able to teach me all these things. We were able to go through the 164 pages and really get into the steps, learn how to trust God, learn how to clean house, learn how to help others. Um, and hopefully that's where I stay today um, is continuing, right? Continue, continue. Um, surrender, right? I, I wake up every morning a compulsive overeater. Um, you know, I love when people say wash, rinse, and repeat because I have to do the same thing day in and day out to stay in fit spiritual condition, to keep the allergy of the body and the mental obsession at bay. Um, so I'm so, I'm grateful, so grateful for everyone on the line um, and that I found this place where I can go, where I can identify in um, 
not only with the disease and the problem, but also in the solution, that I have a group of fellows that support me in that solution every day. So thanks for letting me share. I'm so glad to be here. And I pass. Thank you, Lisa. Lisa H., if you're still unmuted, what state are you from? All right, let's, I'll go on. Um, so. Tennessee. Tennessee. Who, please? Tennessee. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So I'm going to go on now and start taking some names for people who would like to share. Um, we're on page 41, the first paragraph, and it would be helpful if you would say the, the state or the country you're from for people who are trying to identify you on the member list. Also, please remember that at Vision for You meetings, we ask that if you've shared on the text for the last two days, that means Monday or Tuesday, please hold back so we can we can um, share, with, let a lot of other people share. Okay, so let me have the names of people who would like to share. Janet B. Maureen from Massachusetts. Janet B. Reva P. Betty W. All right. Stop for a minute, please. I'm doing my best. I got someone with the last initial R. Janet Nessa R. Janet? Nessa. Nessa R. Nessa R. I have Reva P, and that's all I got. Who else, please? Maureen L. Massachusetts. Betty W. Gloria K. Gloria K. Betty W. Rick J. And Rick J. All right. Maureen L. from Massachusetts. Maureen? Yep, Maureen L. Oh, Maureen M. Okay, that's that's all for now. Um, whose last initial was W? Betty. Betty W. Betty W. All right, here's who I have, everybody. I have Nessa R., Reva P., Gloria, and she'll give us her last initial, Betty W, Rick, and Maureen M. Okay, we're going to start with Nessa R. Good morning, Nessa. Thank you. Good morning. Vision for you. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I had a very interesting um, awareness in uh, a meditation recently um, that my disease went through uh, a very uh, progressive but very uh, clear, distinct uh, stages, four distinct stages, you know, um, in my um, childhood and I guess early teens until I turned 16, it was uh, just binging. Then when I turned 16 for about a year, it was restricting um, and purging. And then, I don't know, maybe for another 10 years, it turned into uh, binging and purging. And then uh, for a couple of decades, just straight binging um, until I recovered. Um, even in the rooms of OA, I had, you know, periods of, of abstinence or some modicum of abstinence. I don't know if it was really abstinence, but there, there was binging for sure. But the interesting part was that I have no recollection of any of my binges. I remember my binging and purging stage. I remember my 
my um, restricting and, and, and purging stage, I don't remember my dangers. Um, and that's, that's very scary, you know, like the people who say, well, food is not like alcohol. Well, you know what? Like for me, it was it's just like a total, total blanking out of uh, what I did um, those years. Um, you know, pretty stunning. Um, it really, it really shocked me. And you know what? Thank God I don't have to live that way. Thank God now I am making beautiful memories with my, my loved ones, with my family, my children, my husband. Uh, my friends, you know, my fellows, my community. And, you know, that would not have been possible without this, uh, without this program of action that, that brought me closer to God. Because for sure, when I was in my disease, there was no God. There was nothing else. There were no other people, you know. There was no, you know, although they were there, um, there really, there was no husband, no children, no fellows, no loved ones, no community. You know, they were there for sure. But for me, it was only the food. And now um, the food isn't there anymore. Um, it's just God and, and the beautiful life that came as a result of um, identifying the foods that are, and ingredients and the behaviors that I was allergic to, um, abstaining from them entirely, entirely. And it wasn't easy. It was very, very uncomfortable. You know, um, I like to say that um, if it was easy, everybody would be recovered. Uh, but it's not easy to withstand discomfort. I mean, that's why we eat in the first place, because we want to avoid the pain and the discomfort at all costs. Um, and sometimes the costs are dear. And then um, I work the steps very fast. My, I mean, thank God my sponsor took me to the steps, um, you know, according to the big book and, and very quickly. And, um, you know, the result is I don't have to be afraid of not remembering what I did on a certain day because I don't have those, uh, those, those, those foggy days or, or those sugar blackouts or whatever you want to call them. You know, I'm totally aware and present. That's timeless. Um, thank you for my life and more importantly uh, for doing God's work. And um, with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nessa. And next we have Reva P. And she's going to be followed by Gloria. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater, also from Toronto. A couple of things struck me, and you know why are those first few sentences in italics? I love these words. It came to mind, like, oop, poof, there was the thought, and it would be nice to have a few cocktails. After all of his experience, after everything he's been told by these AAs who are trying to explain the nature of the disease and the solution. After all that, the thought just comes, it would be nice. And it just strikes me how this disease makes, you know, big things small and small things big. Like, oh, I'll just, whenever I hear my head thinking, I'll just, I'm usually in trouble because there is no just, there is no it would be nice. It seems like such a small thing. I'll just have a few, but it's a huge thing because that will lead me back to self-destruction and slow or quick death by food. Um, so that is the disease and that is the thought process that keeps me in the disease. And it's only by putting my substances down and working the steps that I get the promise after step 10 that tells me I get a second thought that says, are you crazy? There is no just, there is no one. Um, 
and and this will take me back um, to the gates of hell. Um, the other thing um, that really got me was I had no idea where I was going, and that was life in the food for me. It felt like I was in a fog, like I was sort of there, and I was sort of aware of what was going on, but I really wasn't. And I didn't even realize how much of a fog I was in until I put down the food and started working the steps and got defogged, like years and years in a fog, um, not really living. It was like the living dead. Um, And the last thing that struck me is unbearable mental and physical. It's not just the physical consequences. It's not just the bloating. It's not just the feeling disgusting. It's not just the hair falling out. It's not all of that. It's the mental the mental suffering and torture, knowing that I knew better, but I did it anyway, and I could not stop. So step one is not just a physical bottom. It's really more of an emotional, mental, spiritual bottom, knowing I am going to eat, I am going to eat, I am going to pick up, and there's nothing my mind and willpower can do about it. Um, The only solution is to access this power that will save me from self-destructing. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. And next we have Gloria, and she'll be followed by Betty. Gloria? Hi, this is Gloria K. of Florida. Oh, what a great paragraph. Um, What can I say? I really identify with that because I um I am a recovered overeater for today. Um I've been around the rooms I started in OA, oh my god, what year? Nineteen coming up on thirty four years. Not perfect abstinence, but uh I have my recovery has been no sugar, no flour. And it started differently because uh OA was different, but what I really identified about the paragraph was, you know, I'd have a plan. I'm going out to eat. This was before program. And then whatever was in the center, I would eat that before the meal. Then I would eat everything on my plate during the meal, and then whatever came after the meal. And um, I'm not a drinker, but I noticed the days that if I had a a glass of, of wine with dinner, oh, my gosh. All bets were off. Everything was eaten. And then I'd come home and eat something else. So I wasn't nothing about hunger, all about um, the disease. The disease of once I start eating, that's it. And once I take these certain substances into my body, all bets are off. So thank you for this program. And I love the vision. Thank you, all of you, for your service. Penny, see, star one, please. Penny, Penny, we don't hear you. Thank you, Gloria. And now Betty W., followed by Rick. Hi, Penny. Thank you for leading um, and calling on me. Uh, Hi, uh, everyone. I'm a compulsive eater, food and carbohydrates. Betty W. Star 1, please. 
Betty W. Hi, can you hear me now? Can you hear me yes. now? Yes, go I'm ahead. I'm sorry. I thought I was unmuted. Thank you for leading and um, calling on me. Um, I'm a compulsive uh, food addict and carbohydrate addict and compulsive eater from um, upstate central New York. And I am a recovered um, uh, compulsive eater. I identify very strongly with that sentence, I know little or where I went or what I said and did. For years, I was compulsed by this disease. And it was the symptom of my disease would be that I would get up at night thinking I have to have food or I'm going to die. And I'd walk into my kitchen and rummage through with impulsive, with impulsive actions. I would rummage through the kitchen with any carbohydrate and sugar product I could get hold of. And I would eat and eat and eat until I fell asleep and was completely numbed out by the food. And many, many times I did not remember that I had done any of that. Many of the times my husband or I would wake up in the morning and there'd be a mess on the floor and on the counters in the kitchen from my binging on carbohydrates and sugar. And every morning I would have that unbearable mental and physical suffering that I did it again when I said I never wanted to do it. And the scary thing was I didn't remember most of these episodes. I really think I was sleep eating or in a food fork or however you can describe the the numbing feeling that I had that caused me to forget these episodes. So it wasn't until I came into OA that I learned that I had a disease and that was in 1994. And I was so relieved to hear that, that there were other people in the rooms that shared um, the way they ate, which were, may not have been exactly like mine, but very similar. And when I read the big book finally with a vision for you, I really believed I had a disease and I learned about the mental twist and the allergy of the body. So today I follow a food plan with, that is weighed and measured. This is what I need to do for me. And I have only a limited number of carbohydrates that do not uh, turn on my uh, allergic reaction to food. And I still can have food thoughts. And so I really know when I have a food thought, the important thing for me is to pray, uh, call someone, or talk to my sponsor. And I know those ideas and thoughts are irrational because my food disease wants to get me all the time. But I also know that um, because of OA, that I have no control over my disease, that my higher power is in charge, and that I need to believe so strongly in my higher power that I know I can go to him and ask him for help with or her for help with my um, food any time during the day, which I also didn't know until I came into OA. I thought asking for help with my food was selfish when I went to God. But now I know that, I, that that's not only unselfish, but it's also what I need to do. And the third thing I need to do is to turn my life and care over to my higher power each and every day and sometimes all through the day. And so thank you for all this wisdom that I've gotten from this meeting and other members in OA. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Betty W. And next we're going to have Rick, and he'll be followed by Maureen M. Good morning, Rick. 
Uh, good morning, Penny. Uh, thank you for your service. This is Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. And um, although I am recovered, I'm not cured. Um, the thought came to mind. Suddenly the thought crossed my mind. You know, Jim and Fred, they have these thoughts that come to their minds. And, uh, you know, they have the mind of a chronic alcoholic. And that's the kind of thinking that uh, that comes through the, you know, through the minds of a chronic alcoholic. I am a chronic compulsive overeater. That's the kind of thoughts that are going to come to me, um, you know. And I I introduce myself and say I'm recovered. And um, and what does that really mean to me? It means that I have a recovered mind. I have a uh, defense coming from a higher power. I've had a spiritual transformation by going through the steps. Those are the things that keeps my thinking from leading me to actions. And yes, I am recovered, but I'm not cured. You know, and I have to keep telling myself that. Uh, it took me um, a couple of decades to actually come to terms with my uh, disease of compulsive overeating and what it takes to be connected to a power that uh, that can transform me and keep me in a state of transformation because, you know, I am sick. I will always be a compulsive overeater, you know, um, and my thinking when it's strangely insane. Yeah, that's that's all part of the package. You know, this strange thinking, this these sudden thoughts, these compulsions, but um, that's why we do this. If I don't do the actions, if I don't take the spiritual actions, um, that these sudden thoughts from from this uh, you know mind of a chronic compulsive overeater are going to lead me to that first compulsive bite. Um, you know, I was, and um, my daughter and I had a really nice weekend. We went up to Asheville and stayed at a really nice hotel. We we just sort of had a treat yourself kind of weekend, and um, you know, and I was ordering from the, uh, the restaurant at the hotel, um, a salad that I'd already had where I got the oil and vinegar that I need. And, um, you know, and they told me I didn't have it. And, uh, when, uh, when our server said, we don't have that, I, instead of arguing with her that I'd already had it there before, uh, you know, the thought occurred to me, I'll just get my, uh, you know, my dressing that I brought with me. And, uh, you know, and I took it out. That's the kind of thoughts that come to me in a recovered state. I'm prepared. I brought food with me. I can take care of myself, you know, and um, but it's not just me. It's being connected to higher power. It's being connected to to you, the people on the line who know me and understand me. And if I don't do that, these thoughts will come and I will act on them. So that's why I have to start each day, you know, in in the steps, connecting with God, the power that's inside of me. But I have to connect to that power just one day at a time because I am recovered and I want to stay recovered. I don't want to have the, the mind of a chronic compulsive overeater running my life and leading me into the food and the compulsion and the physical allergy and the obsession of the mind that never goes away unless I'm connected to a higher power. But I'm very, very grateful it's time, that Rick. I, can, I can be abstinent today and be recovered and be connected. Thank you very much. With that, I pass. Thank you, Rick J. 
And next we have Maureen M., and then I'll be taking more names. Maureen? Hi, it's Maureen L. from Massachusetts. Maureen L., thank you. No problem. Thank you for your service. So I just wish everyone could be with me today. I'm sitting on top of a mountain in Massachusetts. I woke up early, and I hiked it in my boots, and I just put on my ski boots, and I'm getting ready to ski down it. And the air is quiet and cool, and I was watching the sunrise come up over the mountain. And it's spring, starting to be spring, so I could hear the birds in the air. And because the food is down, that's the thought that came to me this morning and last night. The thought that came, like, wouldn't it be nice to greet the mountain in the morning before I start my day with four kids in COVID and a full-time job? Um, Wouldn't it be nice to take some time and to be outside and connect with my spirit and my higher power? When I was in the food, that wouldn't have happened. What would happen is I would have spent the morning flogging myself over what I had eaten yesterday, making commitments of what I would eat today that would be broken probably by 10 o'clock. And the thoughts that would come to me are where I could get my next hit and how I could satisfy this next binge crave that I had. And incredibly, when the food is down and the steps are in play, then I don't have those, I don't have those thoughts daily. They come, but they are seen for what they are, and I could live a life in recovery. And finally, I'd just say on the way up the mountain, it's icy. And so there are parts that were a little bit trickier. And, but I saw that there were paths that were grooved in footholds that someone else had walked before me. And so I didn't have to create the path. I just found the, cur- the curved in footholds and I put my foot there. And it reminded me of a program that I don't have to do this alone. There are people who've walked this road before me and I just need to find the footholds and follow the road. And at the top, the view is worth it. The view is so worth it. We are so, so grateful to have another day. So I'm glad to share it with you. Thank you for all of you who do service on this meeting. And um, thank God for, for program and recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Maureen L. And before I take more names for, of people who would like to share, a reminder that we're on page 41, and we're reading just one paragraph the first one that begins with, I went to my hotel. And so I'm going to do my best to get the names of people who would like to share. Who would like to do that? Janet B. Kathy C. Loretta H. Pamela P. Okay. Kathy C. I have Janet, Kathy C., Loretta, Pamela and who else? Leon B. Leon B. Good morning. Dawn Dawn S. Dawn, is it Dawn S? Yes, it is. Okay, that's that's. We're going to just go with that for now. When I think, okay, so we're going to have Janet, Kathy, and you'll give me your, your the um letter of your last name, Loretta, Pamela, Leon B., and Dawn S. Let's start with Janet. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. This is Janet B., a recovered compulsive eater and bulimic in New Jersey. Good morning. Um, Well, what I thought was really interesting was by the time Fred, the thought crossed his mind, Janet, we can't... 
Hi, can you hear me now? Janet, we can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Hi, good morning. It's Janet B. Recovered from compulsive eating and bulimia in New Jersey. So what strikes me about Fred is that by the time the thought came to mind, he was not under the influence of the allergy. He had been dry for a while, so any physical craving wasn't there. Physically, he felt fine. He wasn't worried about anything. So what was going on here? There was no allergy triggering it because the allergy doesn't get triggered until we ingest something. But still the thought came. And our book tells us that the main problem isn't my physical allergy, that the main problem centers in my mind. And there's an illness up there, and it decides when, if I'm not recovered, it decides when I'm going to binge. The illness might say, mm, it's Tuesday, you haven't binged in a week, so I think I'll make you binge today. And I'm a power of one fighting the illness, which is like fighting a power of a million. I don't have a prayer. I have no shot. Um, and I'm powerless, and there's nothing I can do about it. So for years, I was in OA. I knew what triggered me. I knew what my binge foods were. It did nothing. I had a structured food plan. It did nothing because lack of knowledge wasn't my problem. It wasn't lack of knowledge of what my binge foods were. The big book says lack of power is my problem. And then this illness centers in my mind. But thankfully, our book tells us that once the spiritual malady is overcome, we straighten out mentally and physically. So when I get my soul straightened out, then my mind gets straightened out and my body gets straightened out. How do I get my soul straightened out? I think the book really just sums it up in two things. First, I have to get into a love relationship with God so that God protects me. I clear away the wreckage of my past. I surrender to his will. I do what I think he wants as best I can and that he keeps me protected. And then I go out and help other people get into that love relationship with God because the problem was I had no power, a power of one. The, the illness had the power of a million, but God has a power of a hundred bazillion, trillion million. So thank God that there are these steps that show me how to get into that relationship with him so that he can protect me from all my physical and mental problems. And with that, I pass. Penny, star one, please. No, Penny, we can't hear you. Okay, I thought I was unmuted. Kathy and then Loretta. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. My name is Kathy C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. Thank you, everybody, for your service this morning. Oh, you know, such great shares. And what always used to get me is that the thought came to mind that it would be nice. It would be nice. And that's what I was always looking for, a change of emotion. You know, I, I, I did so well today. It was a perfect day, not a cloud on the horizon. You know, living on the surface, I figured, oh, it would be nice. I'm always looking for nice. I'm always looking for a little effect here, a little comfort here. Why not? I deserve it, right? And then my mind starts talking. Of course you deserve it. Why wouldn't you? 
It would be nice. It's just a little cocktail. Everything is fine. You're doing well. I, that's the mental obsession. And, and why? Why? Because I have no other mental thoughts. I don't have a power greater than me. I have not been in a spirit of where niceness was going to come from another source. It always had to be from the outside to feel good on the inside, right? And I didn't have that power to make that leap. So the steps helped me make that leap from, you know, from relying on, on reason, like, Sure, it's a good reason. You had such a great day. You don't have the allergy of the body, so you're not going to binge on it. That was my reasoning. You know, and it got me so far in life, but pretty, pretty well, pretty well, I have to say, you know. But, again, I couldn't rely on this. You know, it, 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 it doesn't come out like a, like a ravaging and like the monster and like the boogeyman. It doesn't. It comes out like nice. And I believe it. That's all I wanted. Nothing more. Honestly. And that's the thing. I don't have the power to see beyond that. That's that powerlessness. I didn't choose to binge. I chose just for a little bit of ease and comfort. And, oh, my God, really, I was looking when I, when I did the inventory, you know, I had put so much power into other things and I didn't know how self-centered that was at the center of my emotions all the time, but I had to learn and I come to believe now. And I took that leap of faith with a higher power. So now it's nice to meet God in the morning. My thoughts are different. And you know what? There's no side effects, no negative, only more beautiful side effects. I just love waking up. I encounter God. I do God's will. Why? Because that's the focus today. That's where I'm at. That's that change of attitude. Set aside everything I think I know for something new today. Today's a new experience with everybody and everyone I meet. And now I get more of it. I practice my practice. Um, and it can happen to anyone. So I, the mental obsession has been removed. Um, it's time. The thought doesn't come. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Thank you, Kathy. And next we have Loretta, and she'll be followed by Pamela. Good morning, Penny, and everyone who saved my life on this line. Loretta H. from North Carolina. I am a recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic. And this paragraph is uh, so, it's about the surrender and. Um, the acronym for surrender is seriously understanding, not debating every reason. Um, and that's my problem is my reasoning. When I, my mind thinks my mind is my mind. And um, I also have the idea that because of the anorexia, when things are going really well, I have a great idea wonderful ideas. When things aren't going so well, then I can get into the um, the non-eating. But anyway, uh, this paragraph just reminds me of what a difference when somebody is surrendered and what a difference when somebody isn't. He, of course, took the jag and went on an airplane to New York and, you know, didn't know where he was. And then Bill on uh, page 154 isn't in a good place. 
isn't, um, uh, but, and he also thinks to take that drink. And then it says, um, on, it says his sanity returned and he thanked God, selecting a church at random in the directory. He stepped in the booth and lifted the receiver. And this is where I hope to get to every single day when that thought, any thought, whether it's a disturbance or a resentment, that I can lift the receiver, first of all, with my date with God in the morning, and I can lift that receiver. If I have a thought of eating or a disturbance, I can call a fellow, and I can actually digest it with them and find out what is really going on with my thinking or work the steps on it. So today, with with God's grace and with this program, I have a solution to a a problem, which is that I'm powerless. And I get power from my powerlessness by working the steps. And it's just so wonderful because today my reasoning, I know how dark it is and how askew it is. But I, like Bill, hopefully will go pick up that telephone or will pick up my connection with God. And that's, this program started on the same note. And one was restored to sanity and the other wasn't. So if I have my thinking be the be all end all, then I'm in a lot of trouble today. And with God's grace, I don't. And with you guys, and it's just, I'm, I'm, so grateful. And thank you, Penny, and everyone who shared this morning. And with that, I pass. Have a blessed day. Thank you, Loretta H. And now we have Pamela, and she'll be followed by Leon. Good morning, Pamela. Pamela, star one. One more time. Pamela, are you there? Okay, we're going to go to Leon, and we'll come back and try to find Pamela. Leon? Good morning. This is Leon B., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater from Simpsonville, South Carolina. Um, you know, Fred's story, I, I, so, I so identify with it, you know, because it said earlier in the previous paragraph that Fred would not would not believe himself to be an alcoholic or accept um, these spiritual steps. And when I first came in in 2005, you were not going to tell me that I could not handle a half a sheet cake like a gentleman or, or I couldn't eat chicken fingers just like the best of them in a, one at a time and maybe three or four, um, you know, and I was told of this, of this allergy of the body in 2005. You know, but just like Fred, I had to go out and experience it for myself. You know, there's a saying down here in the South that you don't think fat meat is greasy. Um, and that's just a, you know, a saying that, you know, meaning that you've been warned, you know, and and Bill and they, they warned him, you know, it, you may have, it looks like you may have this mind of an alcoholic. The doctor warned him. Everybody warned him that, that he that this is what he was, but he he had to go out and do his own experimentation, and that's me. I mean, I I had the 13 years 
try it my way. Now, it didn't take Fred long. I wasn't as smart as Fred, you know, because it even says that he, that he was just at the nip of the ringer, and Fred got it. You know, it, it took that. And that was pretty devastating to fly all over, and you don't know who's picking you up from the airport. And you can that, that probably scared the bejesus out of him. And so that was enough to, to straighten him out, you know. But it didn't take the, the countless times of, of suffering myself to the point of nearly – you know, um, aspirating, or it wasn't. It didn't take you know, all the weight gain, the humiliation, not just of how I felt, but what people would say to me because of my weight. You, you, you can't make your mind up. You want to be big. You want to be little. I don't know which Doctor Buffalo I'm gonna see when I walk in the room. Is it gonna be little Doctor Buffalo or big Doctor? None of that matter. And this paragraph just shows the hopelessness in this disease. I love to call this the threshold phenomenon, you know, because he just walked across the threshold and said, hmm, wouldn't it be good if I had X, Y, and Z? And how many times have I just, it was a wonderful day, all of my notes are closed, I'm leaving my job, it's the weekend, oh, it would be great to have a whole package of Oreos and a half a gallon of Moose Track ice cream for no apparent reason. This shows the hopelessness. And he wouldn't believe himself alcoholic, but now he, he's, He's experienced it. He sees that he is hopeless, and now he's going to get ready to accept these steps. What this also shows is the very last, I am skipping ahead a little bit, we we have no mental defense against the first drink. No mental defense against the first bite. Our help must come from a higher power. And I'll pass that. Thank you, Leon B., and I'm going to go back and see if we have Pamela on the line. Hello, did Pamela? Oh, hey, Pamela. Yes, it's oh, your thank turn. You. Yeah, God bless. I'm sorry for it. My name Pamela, composer, overeater, and undereater. God bless everyone on this line. A great, great meeting. Um, so I've been on the meeting for two, two weeks now. And um, I just was listening. You know, that thought is very dangerous. Um, wow, I, that thought is so strong. And it always something that tell me this time going to be different. I'm going to act differently. And that it don't make no sense at all because I had a disease and no different. I'm going to reflect the same way. Every time I pick up that third composite bite, and it's certain food that I feel, or maybe my disease feel that I just can't live without, but I know I will abuse the food. I can't eat it normally, and only a certain type of food I could eat normally, only maybe maybe about four or five types, and I don't know, it's a battle every day. And my boyfriend always asked me, when are you going to be recovered? Like, it's going to be an end date, and I'm going to be a normal either forever. It never going to be. Every day, I must work the 12 steps to the best of my ability. Every day, I must get into the meeting. Um, I am um, looking for a sponsor, and I know the program works. I it, I can't do it alone. I can't do it without God. And I had a close relationship with God, but when it comes to the food, it's just the power that 
I just can't say no. I got to eat it. And it's scary. It's terrifying. So I'm just praying for a day one without the sanity. And the last thing I want to say, I won't go to church today before the gym. And in front of the church, ate a Dunkin' Donuts plate. And I am terrified that I'm going to walk in there. So I did pray just for today. I don't. I choose my life. I choose God. I do not choose the disease. And for that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. And Dawn S., you're going to close us out, if you would, and we only have, uh, yeah, we have three minutes. Go ahead, please. Okay. Good morning. This is Dawn S., and thank you for your closeness. And this paragraph, um, I always focus on the word threshold, and um, I was looking around me today um, in an, uh, an apartment that we moved to, and the, there are no thresholds here. It has an open floor design, and I have never lived in um, an open floor plan um, before. I always had, um, you either had to go through an archway or a doorway to get to the kitchen. Um, and so the decision had to be made to get up, walk, you know, and then go through a threshold to get there. This is just wide open spaces like the plain with a lovely island, and that's all that separates me. Um, and it doesn't even really separate me because this kitchen is hanging over me. It is um, of the devil. Uh, I will never live in an open floor plan again if I can help it. Um, uh, there be dragons. Um, uh, I even have found one little corner in my living room where I've placed my chair so that I don't see all of the kitchen. Um, and uh, I've had to work much harder. Whenever I say I, I know I'm tr in trouble. Uh, the universe has had to work much harder um, to uh, keep me on my side um, of. Uh, of the floor plan. Um, it's, it's just amazing. Um, like, uh, let's see, uh, when you, uh, uh, you know, when Fred walked through the threshold of the dining room, um, he didn't have to go there. Uh, he could have gone someplace else. He could have made that decision um, to uh, go somewhere where there uh, wasn't a bar. Um, or they didn't serve drinks. But that decision was made even before he walked through the threshold. And uh, so that's just my little tale of thresholds, physical and mental. And uh, thank you for sharing my path. Thank you, Dawn S. And that's the end that we've come to the end of our meeting. Thank you to everyone who shared and everyone who's joined us even if you're just listening, uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, March 3rd, 2021, is 16,505. 
16505. We'll now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that with the serenity prayer. And I'm going to call on Karen Kay to read that selection for us. Good morning. It's Karen Kay from Syracuse, New York. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we only know a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and for countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you will find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.